0: My name is Nora.
1: And my name is Ben.
0: We're the hosts of the Too Vague podcast today. Our podcast is about the word generation. Hey. You know, questions for Aunt Nora? Yeah. These days, I mean, I'm on here, so if anyone has any questions for Aunt Nora, yeah. send it to Ben and it will be addressed in a subsequent podcast.
1: Oh,
0: I'm not saying the answers will be right. But they'll be addressed.
1: Yeah, there you go. Now we got uh, questions from my aunt and we got questions for my aunt. Yes. Those are two different segments right there.
0: Yes. Right. Happily.
1: You know, I had an idea recently, if ever we got to a point where you were comfortable on camera, (laughs) I knew that was coming. (laughs) You know, what's really popular these days is watch along videos, like watching for the first time. And I was thinking maybe doing a watch along where you watch me playing a new game, and then you kind ah. of provide commentary or whatever. And, and I don't know how time consuming that would be, but that might be an interesting thing to to check out.
0: I would say uh, wait until I get my new iPad. Yeah, because I can't see that much on the small. You know,
1: I still have to figure out how we would do it. You know, there's a number of ways, and one of the problems is. Streaming the – let's not go into the technical mumbo-jumbo. Right,
0: right. Someday, sure, I would consider that. So uh,
1: Then we can have a crazy YouTube presence. Yeah. Start a Patreon. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And make some passive income or whatever they call it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. As long as it is real, like I bite it like a coin. Not like that – has something to do with generations, let me tell you.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: Uh, speaking of generations. Yes. When I was younger, generations only meant me, my parents, my grandparents. My parents and I were two different generations. My grandparents were another generation, three generations. And I eventually learned that it occurred every 20 to 30 years that you'd have that kind of familial generation it still is that way of course yeah but more recently as you know the word generation means more than that first of all it spans more than 20 to 30 years or less you know uh, depending and there's just so many definitions we could go into but we're not going to because we don't have that much time okay and now first of all i have some information that the word generation comes from originally latin Generare, which means to beget. Yes, do you know what that refers to? To beget. Like in the Bible? No. Oh, Jesus, you should have gone to Sunday school.
1: What does that refer to in the Bible? Or as I like to call it, the Bible.
0: No. (laughs) Adam and Eve beget Cain and Abel. Virgin Mary beget Jesus.
1: So that's kind of like generations before.
0: Producing a generation. Oh, yeah. I thought that was kind of interesting. And the first known use of the word generation in kind of what we're talking about was in the 14th century. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, been used for a long time.
1: Has it been used in that familial sense or has it been used in the sense that we are probably going to talk about.
0: In the 14th century, it was used as, this is one of the definitions I came across, a body of living beings constituting a single step in the line of descent from an ancestor. So, yeah.
2: So
1: familial, yes.
0: Uh, Now, also, I've got an average span of time between the birth of parents and that of their offspring, Mm -hmm. which is what I always thought of, and also a type or class of objects, usually developed from an earlier type. Do you have a definition for it or not for generation?
1: I have another definition to add to that. Okay. The production of something, Mm -hmm. like generation of energy or generation of excitement or those types of things. When I think of generating or generation. That's what I think of too.
0: Yeah. I hadn't I mean I know that, but I hadn't thought of that at all.
1: I looked at the Ngram viewer, but I thought since the definitions were so different that I can't really right. tell where to generate energy or stopped and when it started. That's the tricky thing about the Ngram viewer. It can it can see word usage. Okay. But it can't denote word usage as it relates to the definition.
0: Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I see. I see.
1: Huge increase from the 1900s on, right? It was just, you know, right. And that makes sense.
0: What I was going to talk about today was social generations. Okay. The social generations are people who experience the same significant events within a given time period. Social definitions that I have start at 18. I think it's 87. I'm going to be talking about the generations that we are used to hearing about. Okay. The social definition of generation refers to when people become adults, okay? Not when they're born. Correct. But at, one thing, like we talked about, my my two brothers were born, one was born in 1945, one was born in 1942, mm-hmm. and I was born in '46. So I'm a boomer, and they're a greater generation. It's like 11 months apart, my brothers and I are two different generations. I just find that strange.
1: Can you go over what generations we're going to be talking about? Yes. Because there isn't always a ton of agreement, you know, what time frames they are. There's just so many. There's no consistency.
0: Yeah. Actually, I was proofreading something that your stepmother had me proofread today and she's made a comment about gen x and millennials and was comparing them and she had the years pretty far off i mean uh, like they were seven years off or something hmm. so coincidentally <laughs> i had the information right when i give you the, the dates it still could be within a year or two according to where you're getting the information right there were three generations before boomers, and I'll just I'll tell you about them. We, we don't need to talk about them. First of all, there are some places that call all three of those generations traditionalists. Okay. Basically, people born before 1945, yeah. but I like the other ones better. The first one, the dates are 1883 to 1900. Uh, and, and for you kids out there listening, that means... 120, 30, 50, uh, a long time ago, more than 100 years ago.
1: Math is hard.
0: Anyway, they were called the lost generation. And part of it is because individuals who came of age, became adults during the first world war, observing an unimaginable loss of life, as well as mass immigration. In a way, that's loss of life, too. I mean, you, you lost the life you lived. It has to do with the sense of purposelessness, aimlessness hmm. that young adults experienced at the time. Okay. If you read like Ernest Hemingway or F. Scott Fitzgerald, their themes were frequently about disillusionment, cynicism, and they were writing about the time period that they became adults in. When I give you the dates, that's the dates they're born. Okay. So 1900, somebody was born By 1920-something, they're adults, and that's what they're reflecting.
1: One of Dad's favorite books was The Jungle by Upton Sinclair. Yes. And that was 1906 is when the book came out, but he was born in 1878, so he would definitely Ah. be a part of that generation, right?
0: Yeah. The years can be fudged a little.
1: Yeah. Disillusionment is what triggered my thought on that.
0: Yeah, you're right. The next generation is the greatest generation, uh, they're born 1901 to 1924. Okay, some people might know Tom Brokaw wrote a book about the Greatest Generation. Right. They grew up in the Depression and most likely fought in the Second World War. Okay. And then there's the Silent Generation,
1: the one that Dad is a part of and Tom is, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Maybe I should do that.
0: Be silent. Oh, <laughs> the Silent Generation were 1925 to 1945, the year the Second World War ended. And it was young adults in post-war period uh, the group is known for accepting government rather than speaking out against it. Hmm. They're called silent because of their lack of protestation and general pursuit of modest careers and secure domestic life. Okay. Those were the ones before the boomers. Most that people think about today start with the boomers. Yes, some of the silent generation are still around. Yes. But mostly we think about boomers as being the old. Well, I don't think about that. That way. No,
1: for obvious reasons.
0: And boomers were born. Well, it started in 1946, goes to 1964. I had always heard that it was the war was over in 45. And when they came home, they hadn't had a lot of sexual interaction, perhaps. And so they all got their wives pregnant. Okay. And so it was a baby boom because all the GIs came home and screwed around. I mean, screwed with their wives. (laughs) Yeah. screwed <laughs> all right fuck do you want me to say no fucked? no okay. i didn't i was i was
1: trying to think of a more you know
0: uh, cohabitated uh procreated well no procreate no no that doesn't really tell the story of how they felt when they came home from the war and saw their wife right
1: because theoretically they had blue balls the entire time
0: yes 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 theoretically theoretically, theoretically. Yeah. And finally, they had a chance to, well, anyway, the baby boomers remember collectively things like the Cold War, the moon landing, assassinations, uh, Martin Luther King, John F. Kennedy, Robert Kennedy, Vietnam War, and the Civil Rights Movement, which was in the early 60s is when um, LBJ started officially. And they are characterized by national optimism, And prosperous consumerism. Well, I'll go with the prosperous consumerism. National optimism. Hmm, I don't know about that one. Then comes Generation X, born between 1965 and 1980. Okay. You guys were also known as baby busters. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, but X sounds cooler.
0: Yes, it does. It does. Um, The birth rate was significantly smaller in comparison to the boomers. So that's why baby busters, I guess you stopped this silliness of procreation. The generation is characterized by reactionism, rebellion, self-reliance, and an overall mistrust of institutional authority. Mm-hmm. Notable developments of the time were the fall of the Berlin Wall, mm-hmm. the first personal computers. Yep. Now, this I don't get. Previously unparalleled emphasis on education. I don't agree with that. Yeah? No, because in the 50s, because of the Cold War, we were pushed like crazy uh-huh. In math and science, okay, because the Russians had the Sputnik up.
2: Oh, I got. Before
0: read it, did. yeah, and so so that's up in the early middle fifties. We can't let the Russians take over space before we do, you know that kind right. of thing. So they were really pushing science and math.
1: This is an example of why I think some of this generation stuff is a little bit of BS, unless you lived through that generation, how can you say what impacted people and what didn't? Mm -hmm. I'm guessing what they're doing is they are sampling people who grew up in that generation, but how they felt in that generation and how they feel now can be different. Any of this stuff generally is inaccurate because of that reason. Like I can remember when I went and saw Star Wars And it was absolutely amazing. And if I watch it now, it's less amazing.
0: I understand that. Yeah, The life cycle, you know, you change as you grow up. These are generalizations. The first personal computers, that was a big deal Uh when you were growing up. I got to tell you, it was a pretty big deal for me, too. It was like 78, 79 or something when I first heard about them Mm -hmm. in college. It was like, wow. In a way, I feel I fit more with Generation X than a boomer sometimes. I'm gung ho on technology.
2: Right. And right.
0: I always have, as soon as I found out about it, you know. Yeah.
1: But not all people in your generation are, I don't think.
0: Right. But I'm still a boomer. Right. Even though that I'm different than the others yeah, a lot of them exactly. Of them.
1: Here's the other thing I wanted to mention about computers yeah. really quick. Was okay. my first experience with a computer was dad and it was a mainframe, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize it was a mainframe. It wasn't, you know, I think right. with our generation, the personal <sighs> computer is what that is the thing that kind of changed how we saw technology advancing in the home. Yes, uh, but the preliminary things like mainframes, my exposure to a computer was when uh, my dad used to bring home his little. I don't know what it was. It was something that connected to a phone and it had a little headset thing on it. I want to say it's, a te- it's not a teletype, but yeah, it's modem. It's got a modem as a part of it, but it's yeah. a, sort of yeah. a modem. And then it's got a typewriter uh-huh. and it didn't have a screen. It just had a roll of paper. So you would oh. print the things out that, as you were doing them. So dad used that for his schoolwork. At University of oh, Chicago. Oh, okay. okay. And I remember on the mainframe, they had a couple of games. Yes. And I would play those. Like there was one.
0: That's what I remember too. <laughs>
1: yeah. Colossal Cave Adventure was the one oh. that I believe it was Colossal Cave Adventure. But I remember you go north, you go south, whatever, and things happen. Yeah. I remember taking that rolled up piece of paper to kindergarten for show and tell yes. and rolling it out. I think I've told that story before, but it's just kind of like...
0: Right. You know. Yeah, I remember seeing that. I mean, being over... That was when you were in Cary, I think? Yep. Cary, Illinois? Yeah. Correct. Uh, going over there and seeing you guys playing with <laughs> Yeah. You and your dad. I don't think Adam did. Yeah, he so, was a little too young yeah. for that. Right, that's right. Yeah. You know, I didn't really think about that, but sure. Yeah. Even though the next couple of generations are more into tech, more into tech, you know, like snowballs. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the first personal computers were during the Xers time. Mm-hmm. I just assume everybody in your generation thought they were wonderful, but yeah. that's because I did. <laughs> I remember talking to my principal, trying to get him convinced to get him into school, even in the office it would make mm-hmm. the office so much easier for everybody right. and uh, he was just horrified yeah and that's then people people would lose their jobs you know, if, you know yeah.
1: <laughs> in our grade school that we went to we didn't have a computer in the classrooms but our librarian ah. brought her TSR 80s in for the students to use. Wow! So we could book time in the school library and use those computers, you know, to do basic wow. stuff. But it was How great of her. Yeah, I think that kind of acceptance and seeing students go in there, focusing on that stuff, they kind of yeah. felt that okay, maybe these computers, like the TI forty forty nine, I think it was.
0: I have no idea. Okay.
1: But they started using computers more after that, you know, my grad yeah, school yeah. years. Yeah, so.
0: very possibly that they did see people using it and then using it a lot. Right. And it uh, made them think.
2: <laughs> right.
0: You know, I was using mainframes and I was aware of mainframes since the 70s mm-hmm. because my first husband worked at a bank, but he, he worked in the computer department. And uh, did stuff with a giant mainframe behind him in in some giant refrigerator.
2: Right, right.
0: <laughs> and so he did that. And then when I went to school, you'd work on little computers, but everything went to the mainframe, and that's it had to go to the mainframe and come back from the mainframe. Right. Um, the the first I dealt with personal computer was when Tom bought my second husband bought a uh, a Mac. Yep. It was. Heavy and gigantic with all the accoutrements.
1: And we always wanted to play with it and he never would let us.
0: Probably. Yep. (laughs) Well, he was a meanie. We know that. (laughs) Anyway, I loved them and I'm sure you guys loved them more. You know, your little sparkling eyes looking at those little we,
1: we were okay with our Atari twenty six hundred. That was we would bring that over yeah, yeah. and uh play on right, right. On the television there at grandma and grandpa's house next door. Yeah. And we were right, okay right, with right. that. But I
0: was playing Pong at the time on the television. <laughs> Of course, you all remember Pong, don't you?
1: We'll get into that when I start talking about generations and
0: uh, console games okay. a little bit. but Well, then we should go on with our last three generations. The Millennials mm-hmm. come after the X. They're also called Generation Y. I didn't know that. Yep. And their dates are approximately 1981 to 1996. Where's that? Y? Generation Y. Or do you want to know why? Yes. <laughs>
1: I was sad that I didn't interrupt you earlier on that whole thing. But yeah, Generation Y, also known as millennials, because they became right. adults at the turn of the century, right? right? Or the, t- yeah. Turn of the millennium.
0: Turn, turn, of, the turn millennium,
1: of the millennium, right? Not the century.
0: Otherwise, they'd be called cent- centennials or what? <laughs> <laughs> they became adults uh-huh. then, or a little after, of course. I'm just talking about the earliest ones. The key distinctions for this group include remembering the events of 9 11. Right. From personal experience, uh, participating in the rise of Internet and dealing with financial struggles as a result of the Great Recession. Mm-hmm. I missed that recession, but, but definitely the rise of the Internet. Yeah. Later 90s, middle to later 90s, it was very beginning.
1: Middle to late 90s is when I had a lot of exposure to it just because of college. I think I got, you know what, it was earlier that I got, as soon as okay. I could get a computer, for college, I did. So I'm not sure if that was '92 or '93. Okay. But it was like middle. That's when I got my first personal. Well, not my first personal computer. My first personal computer was a Commodore 64.
0: Oh yeah, I may have had one. So anyway, they're you know they're in into the social media. I mean that's where the beginning of the social media. The millennials. Uh, so hmm. they undoubtedly dealt with it easily got used to it, even though they weren't born into it. They use social. You know, boomers, they'll use one or two things uh, to talk to their grandchildren or send cat pictures. (laughs) Oh, Generation X does that, too. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Millennials were doing, I mean, a lot more, not just Facebook, uh, Twitter, and Instagram, and whatever. Nowadays, there's, you know, Tip Top and, wait a minute, (laughs) (laughs)
1: Tick-tock, <laughs> not tip-top.
0: I like mine better.
1: Okay, okay, that's fine. Before you mention it again, make sure you grab your <laughs> HDM1 cables.
0: Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Generation Z, also known as the Zoomers. Have you ever heard that? Yes. I, oh, I was all excited about that, you know, the Zoomers. That's cool.
1: Do you remember when the big thing that people were saying on social media was OK Boomer? Yes. Yes. So, and they were putting down boomers for whatever, right? They would just go, "Oh, Right. Yeah. Okay, you don't boomer. know. You don't know about this. Stuff. Right. Because you're a boomer. Yeah. So I think that is the reason why they got hung with the name Zoomers. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's wonderful.
1: And so now they're going to be called Zoomers because they messed with a generation. Boomers. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you know. Don't
0: mess with. Yeah. Generation X.
1: Do you mean Zoomers yeah. or Boomers? Oh, dear. And I think what happened was they tried to mess with Generation X a little bit, but right. Generation X doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> they don't care what other people think.
0: Yeah, that's probably true. Zoomers, they're avid gamers. Yes. And music goers. Mm-hmm. Known for ever-present messaging mm-hmm. on internet, social networks. They're truly... Digitalites, I don't want to say digitalis. It looks like, that, but that's the boomer <laughs> thinking. <laughs> they also they're most racially and ethnically diverse. You know, we've grown up. I grew up with things pretty separate. You grew up maybe starting to accept more racial and other diversities. And as the generations go on, they're accepting more and more because right. it's uh, they're exposed to it.
1: Racially and sexually, I think. This may not be in your research, but my opinion is the Gen Xers were trying to eliminate labels with different races and different genders and sexual orientations, but we didn't like the use of labels. That is my impression of what we were accepting of people because we didn't label them, I think, in part.
0: Right. That would be the beginning of the thinking uh, snowball uh, that goes down through generation the millennials, right? Through Generation Z, when it's it's like they're accepting just naturally, yeah, that there shouldn't be differences pointed out.
1: And I think part of that has to do with the the parents. Yes, if you want to generalize, right? The parents of Gen Z, or the Zoomers.
0: Yes. <laughs> Yeah.
1: (laughs) Which, which is kind of funny. You say racially, they're cool, but they, they're, they're very ageist. But anyway,
0: (laughs) yeah, Yeah.
1: everyone is cool. Except if you're old, then we don't like you. Exactly. That's kind of an aside. What what I'm saying is, you know, the parents of these very accepting folks being Gen X. And I think that has another effect in addition to what technology and what, things happen during
0: right so they are more diverse on all fronts yeah they're better educated more familiar with non-heteronormative identities get mm. that yeah okay then previous generations it's there it's been there it's accepted you know kind of thing
2: mm-hmm. but
1: it's still categorized
0: yeah and it always will be. It always will be. Don't Yeah. I know we're different generations, I know.
1: I don't like things in boxes because people in boxes has a tendency to invite I know people to gather under that and yes. discount other people's opinions and viewpoints because they are not.
0: They've gone through the exacerbation of climate crisis, I mean, it's getting really bad, and the rise in mass shooting violence, right. among other sociopolitical pressures. Oh yeah, they are seen as the most depressed, really, but also the most likely to engage in social activism. Hmm. Their years, by the way, are 1997 to 2012. So, and then we have the one that I never even thought about: Generation Alpha. Alpha. Yeah, I was wondering what they were going to do after Z. You know, let's go Greek, so to speak. 2013 to 2025, they're approximate because, hey, we're in the middle of that period. Right. A new start. Be characterized for diverse family dynamics, higher racial diversity, and higher economic inequality. Wowza. Mm. Yeah,
1: that's not good. But
0: you and I aren't going to be able to do anything about it. Well,
1: and the other thing is, you know, we're looking into a crystal ball for those folks anyway.
0: Right. You know, those are the generations that uh, we've gotten up to from 1887 to approximately 2025. Right. Uh, The word generation has been used in other ways, like the beat generation. Okay. Do you know what that is?
1: That is a generation that really likes borscht.
0: (laughs) B-E-A.
1: Oh, okay. Like beatniks? Like poetry and whatnot?
0: Beatniks come from beat generation. Okay. Yes. Uh, so the 50s, 60s, it was just a cultural movement. Yeah, they did poetry. They did all kinds of counterculture.
2: Right. right.
0: Uh, of the 50s, 60s. So not too early in the 50s because we still had Joe McCarthy hanging around.
2: Oh, okay.
0: You know, that MTV generation.
1: I've got one too. A Latchkey Kid. Yes. Kind of is yes, yes. related to that where. The, the parent there was a higher level of divorce and or double jobs. Right, right. Both parents were having jobs. The kids would be given a little key on on the end of a and that was the latch key kid and we were a part of that.
0: Right, right. Uh, I wasn't. We weren't given a little key, right. But even though both parents worked, my grandmother we lived with my grandmother. Right, right. But now in the last 20 years, if that happened, somebody would call social services and get the kids taken away because you're a terrible parent, letting your kids be home alone, you know, that kind of, right. That's so silly.
1: And I think that also gave us our sense of independence too. Yes. People of Gen X. Yes. Were very independent and felt like they could speak their mind about whatever they wanted to. Yeah. Except not on social media, because we don't. Get... <laughs> <laughs> because there's already too much of that going on. We don't need any more of that. We don't need to pour gasoline on that
2: fire.
0: Right, right. I didn't start it. There's criticisms of the generation tag mm-hmm. that, that does go on, philosophy, sociology, Right. because some people thought, just like you said, you're uh, stereotyping. Right. And rash character judgment. And it's done by journalists and marketing firms. So it's it's like not good. That's one opinion. And another opinion refutes that. Mm-hmm. But that's something for another discussion. But there, there are like philosophical, sociological studies and probably articles that you could read about that, about mm-hmm. the um, fight between... <laughs> The sociologist.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. And so, there's, there's also, there's also the use, like when you have to, um, like specify your age, or, or whatever, on a survey or something like that. That's one of those things where, if you're getting demographics from an age group, and not generalizing someone's viewpoint based on when they were born, and making some assumptions there. I think that's, that's right. the problem with. The generations the way they are is you're making assumptions generations are fine as far as trends if we keep it at right. trends and we keep it there these are the events and how they shape the generation doesn't matter it shaped the generation the way it does right, right. but it's too vague right. too too vague oh, ah. oh.
2: <laughs> Like to that. basically
1: put any stock into it, regard them as trends and don't define people. I
0: really think there is stock in it. Okay. Uh, okay. I believe, you know, because it's generalized according to true events. It's, but it's generalized. That's yeah. the thing. Isn't that funny how generalized and generation seem to come from the same word? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, one always has to think it's not black and white. Correct. But there's There's mixing. Yeah. Uh, in yeah. there, and even though I'm the first year of the boomers, I think I have a lot in common with the younger, some of the younger generations. Right. It should be like that for everybody to understand right. that it's um, flexible.
1: If I were to tell you when I felt I actually became an adult, yeah. When I actually became an adult wasn't when my generation. I was in the late bloomer category, and when right. I felt. Like yes. I was on my own and doing my own thing was smack dab in the 90s. And that's, you know, I moved out, oh. moved to Arizona and I right. was all, all on my own, had my own job, right. didn't have to rely on anyone else right. too much. And then, you know, so that's, you can't generalize yeah. again. It's it's sort of like that. I mean, I do have oh, sure. something in common. I, I've got my foot in millennials and my foot in Gen X, and I take a little bit from both, I think. Yeah, you know? I
0: agree. I agree. Uh, even though you're in the earlier half of the Xers. Yeah. Just the earlier half, but.
1: And honestly, when I talk to the Zoomers, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. when I talk to Gen Z, I'm really excited about what they have to tell me. And, and I like, and I enjoy talking to them and I enjoy their perspective. Yes. But then again, I enjoy everyone's perspective. <laughs>
0: Yeah, me too, and that didn't come. No, I always did. I always was open. But it's like I've learned so much listening to some of the younger people, right? The millennials and the years, right, right, (laughs) Zoomers, on your podcast. Like when we were talking about the descriptive pronouns, Mm -hmm. I didn't understand why people were using a plural they them to just. I understood they didn't want to be he or she, right. they wanted something else. Non-binary. But I, the, yeah, the only thing was I didn't understand why it was plural. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I did get a little bit of understanding Right. on I can't remember which show. Probably the second,
1: because uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was Kenny's show.
0: Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's what it was. And, and,
1: and I, uh, let me just say, I still have problems with they. But whenever I mess ma- up, they're very yeah. accepting of the fact that that I say what I say right. because I'm trying, right? right? And I'm exactly. respectful Me too. about
0: it. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I respect. But, well, that's just one thing. And there are other things. I, I just get a different, it's like, oh, that's a different way to look at it. Mm-hmm. You know, for lots of different things. Right. And so, well, one reason I appreciate this podcast is because I hear these a lot of younger people A lot younger than me and uh, express their views right and it opens me up a little bit even though I'm not closed I just don't have anybody else to (laughs) right your exposure
1: to the younger folks is folks are are yes not anymore
0: right Mm -hmm. right so okay now one other quick thing I have is this is kind of like a horoscope it's really better because it's based on truth (laughs) wow okay okay The baby boomers are dedicated workers. They're competitive and driven. Mm -hmm. They value visibility into their work. They want to be seen. They have had to adapt to technology, and they're retiring later than previous generations. I guess that isn't like a horoscope, is it? Maybe we could put them in a Chinese fortune cookie.
1: Maybe. Or we can put my favorite thing to put in a Chinese fortune cookie, Yeah. which is... Help, I'm trapped in a fortune cookie-making factory.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Generation X, independent and well-educated individuals, as a general, they value autonomy, which is what you were just talking about. Yep. A lot. And it says, I mean, uh, children of two working parents, they became independent and learned to solve problems at a very early age. They are comfortable with technology. And they prefer to create clear separation between work and personal lives.
1: I used to have problems with that, separating the business and personal. I had to work at it a little bit. Yeah. So I'd th- I say that's very accurate.
0: Then the millennials, collaborative and impact-oriented. Mm-hmm. They prefer to collaborate, which, you know, we were talking about, I mean, when John was talking about cooperation Uh collaboration isn't exactly the same but uh it's very similar correct and i'm I'm trying to think john is a z z yeah
1: he's 20 i believe
0: anyway they started to collaborate which is wonderful as long as you can find other people well maybe the younger people do that Hmm. it was really hard in my generation to get people to want to share you can't collaborate if you don't share Right, People just didn't want to do that. And I think
1: the opportunity to reach out to people, it's a much broader net for your millennials and your Gen Z folks through things like
2: yeah, Gen Z, right.
1: social media. Or it, you don't have to just reach out to people locally. You could reach out to people in other states. So I think that's a, an interesting sort of thing.
0: Also, they're motivated by meaningful work. Isn't everybody...
1: Well, what? Yeah, and you got to define meaningful.
0: Right, right, right,
1: right. Meaningful as in you're providing something to someone, or meaningful as in you're making an impact.
0: They they want to use crea- their creativity and leverage their talent, make an impact on others. Mm-hmm. I think meaningful work internally. It has to be satisfying for them. Okay, that's how I read that. And that's why I said, well, doesn't it doesn't have to be satisfying for all generations. But no, I uh, like the boomers, a lot of them just did the same thing over and over again, didn't really, you know. Yeah, because because
1: the... it needed to be done and we're the people to do it and we're just going to do our best job and just do it. Right. And Gen X is like, eh, what else am I going to do?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Millennials are also uh, digital natives. Uh-huh. Uh, and that does make a big difference. We all know. Well, all us old people do. And they're amenable to uh, feedback, which actually kinda of goes with the perf- they prefer collaboration.
1: Right, definitely.
0: And that's something, gosh, I wish that had been available when I was working and going to college. And right, <laughs> you right. know, anyway, it's some pretty good characteristics. Mm-hmm. And on to the Zoomers, optimistic yet risk averse. They value social responsibility and diversity. They expect to work with modern technology. They're breaking away from institutional structures, non-traditional approach to education, finance, and work. They're investing in like cryptocurrency. Right. Instead of, you know, that's how they're going away from institutional structures. But cryptocurrency is an institutional structure. It's not a physical structure, but it's...
1: It's the illusion of autonomy is what it is.
0: Yes, yes. And with education, even before the pandemic, there was a, a lot of use of tutorial videos, online work, and they want stability and flexibility. Boy, are they entitled? Whew. No, not <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. That's what I'd like, yeah. too.
1: I think uh, you know you can work towards it. Sure,
0: and the fact that they realize that in their formative adult years, it's great. Yeah, it's yeah. How much did I not realize? Yeah, you were talking about becoming an adult late. I think I was about (laughs) sixty. So I've been an adult for the last fifteen years. Wow! Does that make me a millennial? No. Oh, (laughs) okay. Some okay.
1: sort of weird mutation.
0: Well, especially since I order HDMI cords. Yeah, exactly. From Amazon. You still, yeah, still got
2: yeah. your
1: foot planted firmly <laughs> and not knowing the what technology. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Right. 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 That's pretty much. I mean, that's a lot. Yeah. But that's no, no, pretty that's much great. what I had. Uh-huh. One other quick thing. I always thought I was a first-generation immigrant, and I've said that to people, and they always go, "Huh." No, I'm a second-generation immigrant. Right. I don't know how I got it backwards, but your grandfather was a first-generation immigrant. He was born in Lithuania. Right. And I'm a first-generation, and you're a second-generation.
1: I thought you were a second-generation. I'm a third.
0: Did I say that wrong? Yes. I'm second. You're third. Right. In going over all this stuff, it's another use of generation. Yeah. But it was something that, like, oh, I've had that wrong all my life. (laughs) So anyway, that's all I have to say about generations.
1: Okay, I've got two things on just generations proper. Okay, there's a new show on ABC, hosted by Kelly Ripa, who is a Gen Xer, by the way. Do you know how I know this? Ah, yeah. She's six months older than I am. Really? Yeah, I didn't realize she was.
2: Wow. Yeah.
1: There's this show that she hosts called Generation Gap. It just started this year. Uh huh. It's in its first season. And it's sort of based on the Generation Game, which was a UK game show at one point back in the 70s, where you had members of separated by more than one generation working together. Okay. But this is just quiz type stuff. Uh They don't specify it as Generation Z and whatever generations, but it's usually grandparent and then grandson or yeah. being paired up yeah. and they're shown different things that could end up being humorous because they don't know what it is kind of thing right right, right. um and that just started i'm watching it. it's it's kind of cute i'll have to look spoiler alert they have this one thing at the very end where the youngest member of the family gets to choose whether or not they get a car or something aimed directly at the child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a, a unicorn on wheels that you can ride around. So that's right. the thing at the very yeah. end, the grand prize.
0: Ooh, that might be interesting. I
1: like to think that they allow them to have both. But it's just kind of funny to see the child choose both. Right, right.
0: Know. Yeah, it would be nice if they did that, have them both. <laughs> Maybe they do.
1: This last episode, they did actually choose the car. So
0: Ah, yeah. Someone who became an adult before yeah. ages that you and I did. Before
1: age three.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Right. Cool. Well, maybe he thought yeah. he was going to get to drive the car she. if he chose it. She. She. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I'll have to look for that.
1: Yeah, it's a fun little show. I mean, it's you know not not anything to
0: pass the time. kind Yeah.
1: Of. Exactly. Other thing I wanted to talk about really quick was the song by the Who my generation
0: yeah talking about them yeah
1: released as a single on the 29th of october in 1965 is it really yep it released get... as a single before it was released as an album
0: yeah, right? yeah 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 and it probably took the who a while to get to america the music yeah, like uh, a couple years later or something because mm-hmm. to me the who is maybe late late 60s, and then 70s, yeah. and then on and on and on, of course. Right. That's interesting.
1: One thing that I also thought was interesting was the lyrical approach with the the stuttering. Oh. When he sings, he stutters the lyric. Yeah, right. Some people say it's sort of an homage to John Lee Hooker, who did right. a stuttering blues sort of focused oh, song. Oh, okay. Yeah. Some people say it was... To kind of imply other words.
0: Oh, yeah. Like you, you say fudge. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah.
1: But the truth, quote unquote, according to the producer, uh-huh. Shell Talmy, says the stutter was just an accident because Roger Daltrey in the studio didn't have his headset. He couldn't hear the voice through the monitors. Oh, okay. So he was trying to follow the rhythm. And that was during the first couple of takes of it, they figured out that that sounded good. That was a good sort of yeah. thing. So
2: good. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It was just a happy accident, essentially.
0: Right. Right. Right.
1: They didn't do it for a reason.
0: Right. Right. Like play it backwards and the devil will. Yeah.
1: Here is what I would say gets at least a nomination for where political correctness came from. Yes. The BBC initially refused to play My Generation because it did not want to offend people who stutter.
0: Oh, oh well you know, you know, before Queen Elizabeth, her father, King George, mm-hmm. stuttered horribly.
1: Oh, okay.
0: So that's why they did that. That makes uh, sense. They even made they made a movie about it. You know, I don't know. 20 years ago or 10 years ago or something. But he was, uh, first of all, his brother was supposed to be the king, but he, whatever, absconded.
1: Abdicated. Abdicated?
0: Yes, abdicated. George never wanted to be king. He never thought he would be he stuttered, so he had a lovely wife and lovely children. Didn't matter, and poof, he's king. So he has to start making speeches. It was pretty awful. Mm-hmm. He did get a coach, and it, it uh, helped him a lot. And that's why BBC was, if that was in 1965, he died in like 52. Right. So it's just less than two decades.
1: I mean, that makes perfect sense now, now that you mentioned yeah. like, the context of the situation. I just thought it was kind of odd, and I was being judgy, Uh uh but with the historical context, that does make a lot of sense.
0: So Ben, do you have any interesting information about Generations?
1: As it relates to one of your favorite topics, gaming, video games? Yes, yes. (laughs) I was going to go ahead and break down the Generation consoles and ask you what your favorite game for each console was, but...
0: pong
1: yeah well well, you got that one that's the first generation
0: pac-man pac-man
1: pac-man arcade
0: yeah oh well
1: it's not it's not a home console i know i know i know know. (laughs) and i don't remember you ever playing any atari with us but i think you must have
0: i don't if i did i was like off in another world you know like oh yeah drunk
1: high no 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 not that maybe maybe Uh, also sort of similar to when when we talked about generations being a little bit the edges
0: yeah right
1: right they over some of them overlap and the reason that is is because as far as video game consoles are concerned the overlap is between generations you've got like right now is one of those times where the PlayStation right. 4 is available, but the latest generation console is a PlayStation 5. So the ninth generation and the eighth generation are, are in the present. Uh huh. Do you want to start with the oldest? We'll start there. Yes. Just looking at this whole list, I think I have uh-huh. purchased or have had at any given point in time one system from every generation except the fifth generation. Oh, okay. That's it. I think I had, yep, all the other generations I've had a system for. Okay, so first generation, Atari Pong.
2: Oh.
1: <laughs> the very first home console has been credited as the, the Magnavox Odyssey. Okay. Which I believe had static things that you could stick on your television <laughs> By static electricity, little, little okay, things okay. so you can make it look like you're playing soccer or whatever. Um,
0: oh, yeah. Oh. okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, more complicated pong. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, instead of just going boink, 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 you know, you might be going boink, 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 boink.
1: Maybe, you know. or maybe boink.
0: <laughs> if you're good. Yeah. No, yeah.
1: Or if you're bad, one of the two.
0: Right, right, <laughs> right. Okay.
1: So that's the first generation of consoles, are those. When we start getting into CPUs or chips that are are made for these systems, you've got the second generation Atari 2600, Intellivision, and ColecoVision. Those are all within the same generation. Oh. Sometimes people break down generations uh, as far as consoles into bits. As far as the CPU. Bits, sometimes memory. Oh. The first generation was dedicated, meaning there were no cartridges. It wasn't interchangeable. You had the game, and that was it. Oh, On those first systems. In the second, that's when the cartridge nature of gaming started. Yeah. The third generation, which is noted as 8-bit, is Nintendo. The Nintendo Entertainment System which I definitely had uh-huh. <laughs> and I saved up my paper route money to buy uh-huh. and then later we got a Sega master system. So those are in the eight bit generation also.
2: Okay. Um, okay.
1: You know, the Atari 2600, when I think of the leap between the Atari 2600 in something like the Master System or the Nintendo Entertainment System. Uh-huh. Thinking that they're both 8-bit chips is kind of mind-blowing to me. Right, right, right. Um, that the CPU was very similar, and only the speed of the CPU is the thing that increased. Yeah. Do you need to know the time period or no?
0: It's interesting. Okay. But it, it not maybe not for other people. Okay. You know, I'm a number person.
1: Well, for the first generation, we have 1972 to 1980 and then the second generation okay. is 1976 to 1992 okay almost around the time of the game crashes there there were a number of quote unquote crashes that people had as far as you know oh. people not being into games anymore or systems that are not being sold or oh. aren't profitable and we're not talking about game crash as in the software the first game crash i want to say was sometime 83. There was a game crash in
0: 83, Okay,
1: which was anything having to do with your Atari 2600. You know, the game crash kind of took the wind out of the sales of video games back then uh, a little bit. Okay, yeah. But it had a resurgence with the Nintendo Entertainment System. And the Nintendo Entertainment System sort of was cool because the graphics on the games that they had on the system, And the games that they had on their arcade systems looked identical. Okay, okay. So that was kind of when it started, right? As the arcade machines got more and more advanced, the differences became apparent, obvious. But at the very beginning, very similar games, especially when it came to Nintendo. And then the fourth generation was the Sega Genesis, which is what I had.
2: Okay.
1: Neo Geo, Super Nintendo, Graphics 16 And those were the eight, they were eight bit slash 16 bit. Okay. Um, generation. But generally, the, it's known as 16 bit generation. Okay. And that went from 1987 to 2004. Interesting.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's a stretch.
1: It's a huge overlap too. Yeah. The fifth generation of a system was the Sega Saturn, the Sony PlayStation, and the Nintendo 64, which was 32-bit into 64-bit. Okay. That's the reason why Nintendo 64 was called Nintendo 64.
0: I was going to ask you, if it was 32, why? Yeah.
1: The Nintendo 64, or they were going to call it the Nintendo Super-fucking-Obvious, but they... (laughs) Couldn't put that on the label.
0: No, no, no. They could put...
1: (laughs) Okay. So that was the generation that I didn't have a system, Uh that fifth generation, because that was around the time I moved out to Arizona.
0: Okay. Okay. And you were...
1: Around 96, 97. And I was focused on other things and not into games. And any game that I was playing at that point in time was mostly a computer game. So a PC.
0: Yes. You played it at Tom and Nancy's house. I did. Whatever you played, maybe it was just stuff on your computer. Huh. But you, when you, you, when you were at Tom and Nancy's for a while, uh-huh. you did computer games.
1: The, the computer games I did play, because is that because Tom was complaining about it?
0: <laughs> no, Nancy, Nancy. <laughs> yeah, I thought
1: it was one of the two. Don't listen, folks. Yeah, yeah. well, one of the two. Both of them. Okay. But the, but the, the games both. that I was playing was on a portable system that I bought. I sold all my oh. other systems and basically invested in this portable system to take to Arizona um, oh. that was called the Atari Lynx. It was one of the earlier handheld systems.
0: Okay, okay.
1: It was basically a color display. The cartridges were a tiny little chip on the back of a piece of plastic. It was so tiny.
2: Oh, okay.
1: The reason I got the Atari Lynx was because it had a lot of my favorite arcade games Versions of them on the Atari Lynx, and I liked a lot of the Atari games in the arcade at that time. So, yeah, um, I got that and sold my Genesis and my Nintendo uh, Game Boy and everything. Yeah, <laughs> which right, I had right, a lot. Right. Which I had a lot of cartridges, oddly enough, but especially for the Genesis, I really liked the Genesis. That is when in between the fourth generation and the fifth generation, the fifth generation consoles I did not have between 1993 and 2006. Okay. 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 Then Sega was making the transition to optical media or to discs at that point in time. Oh. So um, both Sega and Sony used CDs essentially for for Uh their uh games and then the nintendo 64 still used cartridge but then after that that that's when everything went discs so everything went discs beyond the fifth generation into the sixth generation which was 1998 to 2013 i had all of these systems the sega dreamcast the sony playstation 2 the nintendo gamecube and the Microsoft Xbox. And I had a filing cabinet that I took out all the games and put all the (gasps) booklets into and would file my games away in a filing cabinet because I had that many games. But um, I still have my Sega Dreamcast because a lot of excellent games on there.
2: Okay.
1: Um, Also notable was the first system that had online connectivity was the Sega Dreamcast. And I remember actually playing online. Oh yeah. With people uh, playing the game Quake, which is a, a first person shooter game that okay. was kind of uh, capture the flag type stuff. Um Deathmatch where you you know you wander around in teams and try and eliminate the other team. Yeah. Um but then also there was a, there was a game called Alien Front Online and it had okay. this little plug-in thing that was a microphone that you plugged into your controller. And huh. we used to play. This is when I kind of stopped playing with the speaker on. Uh-huh. There was a guy in the game who was who whose name was Bort, and every time okay. he killed someone on the other team, he would yell Bort. <laughs> And the whole team during the 10-minute game or whatever was like, "Dude, just yeah. stop, dude. Just stop.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: And then you say, Bort? Giving us the Smurf treatment by just saying Bort. <laughs> and then after that, the seventh generation, Microsoft, Xbox 360, Sony PlayStation 3, the Nintendo Wii. Oh, yeah. So your big players at that point were Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo. Because Sega dropped out of the game console business in the sixth generation. Okay. The games were excellent on the system. That wasn't the problem. The problem was Japanese sales were impacted by the fact that you could play DVDs on the PlayStation 2 and you could not play them on the Dreamcast. Oh. So okay. if you wanted to get a cheap DVD player yeah. slash yeah. game system that covered both bases, you would buy the PlayStation 2 because oh, and, and okay. do you need to buy an extra system? No. <laughs> so that was one of the contributing factors, I think, to the demise of sega in there, yeah um makes sense developing game systems they continue to develop games they they're now a game publisher right right that's what i thought and they do have their properties like you know sonic the hedgehog and other things
0: but oh right right
1: the seventh generation i had all those systems the wii the playstation 3 and the xbox 360. that is 2005 to 2017.
0: okay okay
1: and then in the eighth generation the big failure Uh at the beginning of the generation was the Nintendo Wii U, which was a very interesting idea that utilized sort of a touch screen and a, a system together where you had, Oh yeah. And it was very, very cool. As far as the idea, there were a lot of really interesting things you could do with games where part of the game would be on the pad. Very similar to the, to the Nintendo double screen where, which was, Uh you know, uh you had one pad that was a touch and one, you know, the, the, the screen itself was the thing you looked at. Um, There is a game that I really love called the wonderful one Oh one, which is a platinum games game that recently came out for the PlayStation four, which is weird (laughs) because it doesn't seem like it translates Because there's one screen, and Uh you're supposed to draw figures on the screen, and you can do that with, there's a touchpad in the middle of the DualShock controller. But it's, you can either do that, or you can use one of the joysticks, but it's still not very accurate, unfortunately. Yes, yes. A great game. But anyway, it originally came out for the Wii U, and then was released on the PlayStation 4. In the eighth generation, Nintendo Wii U at the beginning of that window, and the Nintendo Switch was the the big breakout success. In part, probably because of the pandemic, why it was so huge. It was, you know, a a portable game system, and a lot of games on that system were really popular during the pandemic, like Animal Crossing.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So... That was the the eighth generation is when I picked a lane and said, "I'm just gonna go with one system, and the lane that uh, I picked was Sony, so I didn't have an Xbox one for last generation. I only had one system and that was the PlayStation 4 and then of course, oh okay, last but not least is the um ninth generation, and I kind of got off on the the bit part of it. <laughs> Now it's like sixty four bit. Right. From from the yeah, it's it's still like thirty two to sixty four bit processors. Um, which seem kind of, you know, underpowered, but but I mean yes. you know. But a lot of this stuff, the the architecture is sometimes proprietary, but in these new models, they're basically just PCs. If you break yeah. out the individual, you know, they're their graphics cards, and like any PC would be. Um, so, yeah. you know, it's it's essentially the, the consoles have PC parts in them. Um, yeah. But, Right, you know. right, right. I get, it. I get it. And that is when, I would say, the, the seventh generation is when digital media started being a thing where you could download games oh, onto your okay. hard drive. And yeah. so... That is, you know, the the Sega Dreamcast, the Sony PlayStation, the Nintendo uh, GameCube, and the Xbox. Um, I think the Xbox was the only one that actually had a hard drive. And there were some games that you could download onto it, but it was still very, very early on. And the Xbox 360, the PlayStation 3, and the Nintendo Wii were the first systems that had storage that was, you know, like hard drive storage that yeah. would allow you to purchase things digitally. And uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, so we still have cartridges and optical media in the eighth generation. The ninth generation, we still have optical media on the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5. There is no next nintendo system announced yet but the system is selling so much even today and games are being developed for it you know
2: okay okay yeah still
1: it's probably the bargain uh version to to some extent as far as the system itself the games never come down in price that's what one of my problems with anything nintendo is they pretty much keep a very tight rein on the price and keep it at the top uh-huh. forever. Like, you know, hmm. a very long time. So that's one of my only problems with them. Whereas like the Sony and and I know the Xbox, they have sales on those digital things all the time. Oh, Just okay. like they do okay. for Steam or PC or right. the Epic Game Store. Those are generally our generations of systems.
0: Or what I like to call machines.
1: Yes, they are machines. Rise of the machine they're terminators.
0: Yeah, well, maybe.
1: Skynet.
0: We don't know, we don't do know.
1: we? One other thing I wanted to talk about as far as it related to generations and video games. There are a couple different sites that I've looked at where The site itself is basically like selling demographics or trying to sell their research about how different generations handle technology. It's very interesting stuff. But one of the things that I thought was really, really interesting was that with games, Gen Z is one of those generations where 81% of teens aged 13 to 17 either have or have yeah. access to a game console, the PlayStation, the Xbox, or the Nintendo, wow. or a computer. So, if anyone has access to something to play a game now.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: You have a lot of people. I think the cool thing about the generations, also as it relates to Gen Z, is that it's becoming, it's not male dominated anymore. Games are, as they're developing, oh, right. are developing and People are finding games that they enjoy of all genders. You know, it used to always be a boys club kind of approach. And now it's becoming much more inclusive through the generations, actually. Yeah. Like, you know, Gen X. Right. And then you had Millennials got even more women playing. And then Gen Z is one of the most inclusive and, you know, related to what you were saying. So that's... uh, that's what I got.
0: That is very interesting. Yeah. Especially when you were talking about the social generations uh-huh. and how it relates, how things can relate to the game, that what I call machines.
2: <laughs> right. Right.
0: <laughs> the players. Um, oh,
1: wow. Whatever. Here's an interesting thing. Baby boomers age 55 and older at 23%, this age group represents the largest mobile gaming segment that's weird. Well, I don't know. Maybe what not. Because it's super easy, very simple little puzzles.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also things like bridge.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely.
0: And that sort of thing. Because Anne Ann plays bridge uh, during the uh, pandemic, especially. She was on all the time. Yeah. So um, now she she's on sometimes, but not often. Oh, interesting.
1: Just 4% of Americans over the age of 50 feel that the term gamer describes them.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well,
2: you.
1: So you should call Ann a gamer next time you see her because she plays bridge online.
0: Yeah. On yeah. Yeah.
1: It's like you're, dude. You're a gamer.
0: She. Well, she. That's. She wants to play Stray.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned that. Yeah.
0: And she, she wants to know, you know, whether she could get it on. But, but I, we need to have someone look at her computer to find out if it's capable.
1: Tracy's the one to do that. Tracy's got yeah. the know-how. I don't know if she's playing on a laptop or um a PC, you could be laptop. portable with that. I mean, if she has a laptop that can run the game. Right, then right, right. Maybe it's something that she could come over and and can play for a little bit and see if she likes it before purchasing
0: right, it. Right, right. You know. That's very true. That's yep. very true. That's what I always was going to do but never had the time. Yep. Ugh, to play your games when I was there visiting. <laughs> well,
1: we'll do we'll do that next time. We'll go yeah. we'll go through a list and we'll play some cooperative games, and I'll play some games, and you just watch them.
0: Right, right, right. (laughs) And go, how the
1: hell are you doing that?
0: Yeah, how can you do that so fast? Wait a minute. Uh, Oh, that's another thing
1: with generations that I think is kind of an interesting thing that you didn't touch on. Yeah? Was as far as objects in space or visualization of things through the generations. oh, movements seem to be more difficult for older generations in 3d environments oh what i've noticed and i don't know if that has anything to do with... with
0: generations yeah i don't know yeah i really don't know i couldn't say it seems to me it shouldn't yeah uh but
1: it's a learned it can be a learned skill
0: maybe because generations past boomers were basically brought up with uh, technology computer technology mm-hmm. maybe they're more used to seeing three-dimensional things and
1: manipulating an object in space and not having it do anything in real life like you can drive a car right and feel like you can drive a car well but driving a car and driving a car in the video game two different things.
2: Uh- yeah.
1: Because there's no there's no sense of your full environment as far as where the sun right. is or, you know, where right. where you're driving or where it is on a how, map. how
0: the uh, how the steering wheel works. Yeah. I mean, you know, right. it's yeah, I didn't even think of that. I think everybody's capable of. I agree. That. But also, you know, you don't use it. People didn't use that stuff. Maybe in school they had to do. No, I'm not talking about computer you know, stuff, but had to deal with three-dimensional thought. Yeah. But then they, you know, if you don't use it, you lose it. Right. right. So it's, it's, you know, hard to do. So, and as we get older, our minds, just like all the rest of our bodies, somewhere in the 30s, our cells start dropping off.
1: I don't want to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> just... Just let me live in my fantasy world where I'm going to be just as aware of everything going on as I am now.
0: I know. I know. Well, I think we've pretty well covered generations, don't you? Yes, I do. I, even though we could spend hours more on other parts. But no, I think we're done with generations for...
1: I think that's just because we're good conversationalists.
0: You think so?
2: I think that is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> On that note, I think we can end this podcast. Okay. My name is Nora, or Aunt Nora, some of you know.
1: And my name is Ben, or that guy named Ben, as some of you know.
0: Have a good night, everybody. Bye.
2: Bye.